it's very beautiful to uh, to see everyone arriving from all around the world. I'm very uh, grateful that you're here today. Uh, in a moment, we're going to move into um, 10 minutes of sitting. Maria's going to uh, ring the bell and then we'll move on to the next part of our time together. Thank you very much.
We will now say the verse of the robe. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. So welcome everyone. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, to sharing this evening with you and uh, exploring some of the things that are um, up for me at the moment. And uh, the theme of of the of my uh, reflection is. <clears throat> losing our balance and finding our balance wobbling and um, I think it's particularly appropriate today because um, yesterday I tested a positive for COVID so um, I've had some wobbling uh, moments and uh, I'm looking forward to hoping to keep the thread of my my reflection as we as we move our way through the evening. Um, Suzuki Roshi once said, um, "I rest in every moment," and um, I'm remembering that this evening and the the possibility that I could uh, rest during this hour with you. Maybe you could rest too. And we can take our time and we may even have some pauses as we, uh, as we go along. Losing our balance, finding our balance. So before Maria screen shares something from Suzuki Roshi for us, I would invite you to just notice what happens when you when you hear Suzuki Roshi's words, how do you, uh, where are you in relation to it? What happens in your body and your mind as you hear it? So would you share it, please, Maria? Thank you. To live in the realm of Buddha nature means to die as a small being, moment after moment, when we lose our balance, we die, but at the same time, we also develop ourselves, we grow. Whatever we see is changing, losing its balance. The reason everything looks beautiful is because it is out of balance, but its background is always in perfect harmony. This is how everything exists in the realm of Buddha nature, 
losing its balance against a background of perfect balance. So if you see things without realising the background of Buddha nature, everything appears to be in the form of suffering. One evening at um, Nothing Missing, a group had returned from uh, a breakout room and um, they asked, they asked me, can you, can you explain this, please? And I caught myself feeling that um, as a teacher, I should be able to explain it, particularly as I have a deep relationship with this piece. And I also noticed uh, that I have a, a desire to kind of make things clear for people, um, to relieve them for the, from the discomfort of not knowing. And I really caught myself thinking, well, what are you doing? And I felt a strong impulse which said, no, don't go there. And I didn't. And I'm very grateful that I didn't. And it opened up something to me about what we do um, in relation to each other in our practice. If I was to say anything about that piece, um, I would say when I read it, it allows me a sense of balance. I actually feel a sense of breathing out and I have a sense of balance and much more. But I'm also aware from a talk we listened to in Nothing Missing the other day, which I thought was great talk and really spoke to me, but it didn't do the same for other people, some other people. And it was really helpful that they said that. It's very easy to think, wow, this is a great talk. It really speaks to me, but it doesn't speak to everyone. So what I said that evening is, uh, what does this piece by Suzuki Roshi, what does it open up to you? What, how are you in relationship to it? And I left it at that and changed, in some ways, a habit I have of trying to kind of make things right. There's um, currently an article in um, Tricycle by a Dharma teacher called Dean Schluter. And it's about the, um, the remixing of the 1966 uh, Beatles album um, Revolver. And the title is Of the Beginning, Of the Beginning, Of the Beginning, Revisiting Revolver, the newly remixed Beatles album with a fresh pair of Dharma ears. And it's been remixed by Giles Martin, who 
is the son of George Martin, who mixed all the Beatles albums in the 60s. And Dean said um, on the George Harrison song called I Want to Tell You, he said, but he, Harrison, makes the rookie mistake of trying to explain it to someone who isn't experiencing it. In England, we would probably say it's a schoolboy mistake, but he, Harrison, makes the schoolboy mistake of trying to explain it to someone who isn't experiencing it. Explaining never works. And in the song, uh, Harrison says all those words, they just seem to slip away. And as often happens, it was very timely that I read that article while I was exploring this, um, this point that I'm exploring around practice. And I'm aware that when we listen to a Dharma talk, uh, we, we are making up a parallel Dharma talk all the time. We're not really listening to the Dharma talk we're listening to. Um, we are hearing the Dharma talk through our own perceptions. I was listening to somebody talking about uh, portrait artists and they, he said, um, you could think of portrait artists as actually painting the person in front of them, but also painting themselves. It's a dual thing, two things going on into interweaving. When I think about the, the different portraits I see, I can see how um, different artists actually paint themselves as well as the person in front of them. If we go to um, <clears throat> our, our, our ancestors, uh, or even our recent um, practitioners, um, many teachers won't explain things. Um, when Dawu and Jinyuan went to uh, perform a funeral ceremony, and Flint alluded to this in a recent talk, Jinyuan slapped the coffin and said, alive or dead? So he was asking a question about the great, the great matter, alive or dead? And Dawood said, I, I won't say, I'm not telling you. And Jinyuan kept on at him on the way home to the point where he said, if you don't tell me, I'm going to hit you. And he hit Dawood, but Dawood wouldn't tell him alive or dead. He wouldn't explain it. And the sixth ancestor, Huineng, and his senior disciple, Hurang, in their first encounter, encounter, Huineng says to him, where did you come from? From Mount Song. And he said, what is it that thus comes? And Hurang went off for eight years before he came back with a response. Eight years. I won't go into what he said, but the point is, um, this is a practice where a teacher won't always, more often than not actually, make things clear for you. You have to find out for yourself. 
we had a um, retreat in Lancaster recently and um, I had that sense of, of the retreat wobbling into being um, because it's a pop-up zendo um, and we we create it and we wobble together we lose our balance we find our balance we find our way in in three days and we have to make relationships and make decisions of how to take care of that beautiful space which has never before been created in quite that way um, in three days we're not a monastery with a tradition and sometimes um, because our, our teacher isn't there we have to make we have to make our own way, our own decisions. Um, Flint is not somebody who's ever over-explained things to me. I've had to find things out myself. There's a story of a teacher who, I don't know where it comes from. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, so the, the, the Sangha is walking in a circle, as we do, and a teacher is walking behind a student, and the student reaches out to prevent somebody from wobbling, and the teacher grabs her hand and said, allow people to find their balance, allow people to wobble, now, I can imagine, if I think of the, the circle we had in Lancaster three weeks ago, I'm kind of there, and I'm thinking, where am I in that continuum between allowing people to find their balance and wanting to make it all right? And I think I have a history of kind of wanting to make it all right, of feeling uh, responsible. And one of the things that's um, processes that's happening to me is I'm learning to keep upright and not intervene unless, of course, there is an intervention that is required. And I found that quite difficult, actually. But I'm finding some freedom in the, the uprightness, but responsiveness of that place. It's, it's warm and it's flexible. It's not rigid. And I wonder where you are when you walk round the room. Where are you on that kind of allowing freedom to find balance and wanting to make something uh, all right. And of course, the, the opposite is also true. Um, you could have, if that incident I described is in the morning, it could be the afternoon, and there's somebody actually who's really going to fall over, 
and the person that the teacher said to you know, allow people to find their balance takes it as as the complete teaching and the person falls over and injures themselves the teacher would probably say i would want you to take this teaching see how it works for you but i didn't say you know don't pre prevent don't prevent people getting injured so it's something about each teaching is true for that moment and then and then it's not so how useful is each one for you in in your own context one of the most moving things i've ever seen is um we were a few years ago we had a retreat in lancaster and we were walking around and there was one of the participants a woman who was was crying um really the tears and, and the sorrow were so evident and she was walking around and i thought oh okay what 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 what's the response here what what can we do and flint came out of the circle and and actually walked beside her quite close but he just walked with her round the circle round and round the circle it seemed to me a great teaching about finding that place where we support each other all the time but we also give space to find our way forward each way forward I'm always very moved when I realize people come to a retreat, <clears throat> which includes you know, sitting and walking, um, and how tender that is to see everybody's walk, everybody's way they move in a wheelchair. Or, you know, it's a great gift to come and offer yourself to this practice with something so simple as walking and sitting. When we lose our balance, we die, but at the same time, we also develop ourselves, we grow. So there are some things in, uh, in what I've shared that you would like to explore as questions. And with me, I'd be delighted to um, to do that. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Maria, for unmuting me. And thank you, God, Josh, for, Hi, for this offering to today. And I wish you a speedy recovery. I'm so, I'm in awe of you calmly giving this talk in the midst of an illness. So, um, I, I am just reminded of, of a couple of things that have happened. I, I know you've probably heard this as well, but Flint has told a story many times of being in a retreat uh, where uh, he, at the end of the retreat, uh, the senior teachers came and were the, uh, served orioki to the participants in the retreat and that he broke into tears at the at the generosity of the gesture 
it's uh, it brings tears to my eyes to think of his reaction to it. It's, it's such an evocative story. And that uh, a woman who was sitting next to him gently placed a tissue on his cushion, you know, without any request from him. And I, I've always thought of that. And I've thought of that as a kind of ideal of closeness in the Zendo, you know, of a, of a beautiful communication between people without words uh, and so on. And I came up against against that as a barrier one time. That one time in a in a sitting, um, it was actually during a, a retreat. Um, there was someone that I knew from my work. We were in the same line of work, fundraising, and he was in very evident distress uh, and was crying a lot. And and I and I went and talked to Peg and said. Should I do something? Should I, should I, you know, I, I knew enough to hold back and, and, and ask first, but, but I said, should I do something? Could I, could I be like the woman in the, in, in Flint's story to at least indicate that I see mm. and, and that it means something to me. And she advised me not to at this time. She's, she said that she had talked to this person and that he needed he needed the space to allow these emotions to come out and that it'd be better not to do what I wanted to do at that time, you know, mm. bring him a paper napkin or something, you know. Uh, so it is, as you say, it seems so important to, to pay attention to the context and it's, it's so hard to know. But in, in all the cases, it seems that you were citing that there is um, the important thing is is to be aware that your own reactions can interfere, yeah. but that your own reactions also can be recognized yeah. as rising from real compassion. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's re really helpful, Joel. That you also kind of were asking those questions. You know, okay, what. What's the response here for, to yeah. this? Yeah, I wanted I wanted to know what a what a teacher would do, what a teacher would say, and of course the teachers for the retreat were fully aware of of the mm -hmm. what it was. It was just that I was sitting right across from the person, and and you know like very very much moved uh, by what he was experiencing like it touched your heart and your inclination is kind of to well how can i you know support this person mm -hmm. i think i think it's hard isn't it sometimes to it's not doing nothing is it because you can still be really present as you as you as you say with with what uh with what's happening just by your presence but yeah it's a hard one i think yeah, and it, you know the the question that arose for me is it was well, am I doing this to help the other person or to soothe my own feelings? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really, really get that. Um, you know, wanting to be of of help, which isn't always helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, to me that connects with what you were, what you started with. It's not always helpful to explain things. Mm. 
sometimes it might be, but very often it's not. And we have the example of dozens of interactions in the teachings and with our own teachers where explaining things is not the path they chose. Yeah, it, it, it can become deadening sometimes to have something explained. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like you're alive or dead. Where's the aliveness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. So good to see you. Dyson, Dawu Heisenberg. Mm. Right. So. <coughs> we have Lisa next. Oh, hi, Lisa. Hi. Thank you. Oh, good to see you. Yeah. So this started off for me, the losing one's balance started off, you know, very literally for me, because that's something I'm keenly aware of. I have no forefeet any longer as a result of amputation secondary to an accident. And um, so I walk quite well, but I'm also some interesting pieces of it are that in order to walk well, and keep my balance, I have to make some deliberate choices. Mm. I need to do certain exercises to keep my core strong. Nothing dramatic, mm. but it's like, it's a real cause and effect. Mm. You know, if I neglect those exercises, then, I can't walk properly. I'm also much less stable, much more inclined to lose my balance. Mm -hmm. And in my case, if I lose my balance, it's much biomechanically with no forefeet, it's much harder for me to recover my balance than, you know, someone else. Uh, Someone with, with their four feet. So this took me several places because I'm so aware of it. And it's like the whole idea of, of balance. Well, you know, I compensate a lot. I compensate when I'm going downstairs. I'm careful to always grip a handrail rail. And, you know, I have one hand. Should I fall? It's like yeah. I'm holding tight. Oh my gosh. You can see where this is going. And um, you know, it's so much like our practice. It's like, you know, taking this a path, whether known or unknown, mm -hmm. um, and holding on, having the support of others. Yeah. So that, you know, even if I get off balance, I have, it doesn't have to be, it just can be a guidance mm. of knowing that someone is there. Mm. And that allows me to have the experience of 
you know, falling in and out of balance, if you see what I mean. Um, I'm enjoying the way in which I'm seeing you come into balance as you describe it with your body. There's a lot of the kind oh. of aliveness as you're yeah. speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very embodied sensation. Um, this took me to a slightly different place of getting off balance. It's um, so a few days ago, I was in Costco, a big warehouse store, and I was looking at some meat products on a shelf, and there was a guy next to me. Um, and he was looking at things and we started talking. I would say he was 40 or so. He was black. He was just very casually dressed. But the nature of the conversation was he was saying, gosh, this is really expensive. And he said, but my kids like it. And I said, well, yeah, it is. And then we looked at something else. And I, I said, well, you know, like, why do you have to get that? You know, what's the big deal? Well, he is a foster parent for five children. Wow. Ages um, seven to about 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And he's, I said, how did you get started? He said, well, you know, I went, I went to a camp and I was asked to work with 18 year olds. And he said, I found, I liked it. And he said, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And some of the kids stay longer, some shorter. The whole getting off balance for me, oh my gosh, this man. You know, I said, well, do you have any, you know, help? He said, well, I get food stamps and this and that. And, you know, my whole heart just longed. I wanted to do something. Yeah, really touched. To do something. And I thought about getting his number. And then I thought about how I'm too, it's like, well, I feel like that a lot. Mm. <laughs> I feel like that a lot. I want to help. And I didn't get his number. Mm. So that's the kind of off balance piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I still feel off balance because if I had given him my number, it's like, well, he seemed to have connections to organizations, but I so would have liked to offer him, oh, we can figure out how these different, much these different things cost. So you can, he, you know, he was tired. He had to get, get this food before the kids came home from school. Okay, that's kind of long and convoluted, but it's like, whoa. I just want to go back and redo that one so yeah. much. I feel like it really touched your heart and it's like you really wanted to do something, but sometimes it's just not possible. But if I really tried hard. I'm so resourceful. I'm so creative. You know, it's like, oh, if I had just gotten this number. Oh, it's just that little, there's a little piece of regret. And, you know, regret, that's kind of getting off balance in a way. 
You know, and sometimes the regret prevents us from meeting the next thing because mm. we're seeing the regret from being in the store with that man and, and the, you know, the next thing, okay, what am I going to meet next? And how do I meet it as fully as I'm able to? So I think it, you know, a lingering, sometimes lingering things can really help us with a question, you know, is there a real question in there I want to explore? But sometimes it kind of goes on and then you kind of can't meet the next thing. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing practice. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, how will I meet the next thing? It's like, yeah. Really staying with me. So that was a that was a powerful theme mm. Mm. on many levels. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for sharing, sharing huh? your. Thank you for sharing your balance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Thank you. <coughs> we have Joan next. Oh. Oh, hi, Joan. Hello. Uh, I am so touched that you would still be here for us. And um, I, I wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I am um, experiencing a lot of imbalance these days. And um, it's something I have fought against all my life, uh, you know, to, uh, I lived with the illusion of control, uh, probably until I got to this practice. And um, so I, I haven't had a lot of experience of really recognizing the imbalance, because I have done a pretty good job of fooling myself. But now, um, we actually are living in two places because we have rented a place close to our grandchildren. Mm. And I had things all figured out here in Austin, but now I'm at this other place and, and, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's just so disorienting yeah. and I am recognizing what an opportunity it is to learn to live in groundlessness, mm. which is, of course, what I live in every day, yeah. except that I have somehow managed to delude myself into thinking, you know, I'm balanced. <laughs> and uh, it's just an ongoing um, work that I'm mm. doing. Mm. Uh, and, and part of my problem is figuring out how my practice, my meditative practice, fits in mm. uh, my you know every moment is practice and I'm really aware of that but you know I had it all set up of how my life was and where meditation fit in and now when I'm in two places and I've got it was early morning and I've got early morning child duty at the other place and it's just yeah I, I kind of have that sense what you're bringing forth in me is that balance is dynamic yeah but but it, it's a, it's a process. Um, ongoing. On, ongoing. And um, it, it, it's the, the life as it is. Mm -hmm. 
flowing backwards and forwards in, into into balance, out of balance. Um, uh, Turning flips and landing or falling. Sure. Yeah. Getting back up. It's it, it, it's um. You know, it's really hard sometimes to think all these opportunities are mm. opportunities for for practice, <laughs> um, and they are. And sometimes yeah. it's painful. Um, but have that sense of you playing with 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 the kind of possibilities of mm -hmm. of what what coming into balance and out of balance would be, and perhaps maybe finally uh, embracing it and uh, yeah. welcoming it. Uh, and maybe not um, hoping to get comfortable with it, mm. but coming to peace with it. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what you, what you're sort of inspiring in me is the, the possibility that you you can, um, you know, when I said earlier, Suzuki Roshi said, I rest in every moment. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you rest off balance. Yes. Yeah. What a thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I kind of, oh, I like that. Or oh, I like yeah. the possibility of exploring that. Yeah. Um, yeah because it, it, it's, it's, because it is a process and it's dynamic. It's going, it's never going to just be one thing. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Really nice to meet you. Nice to talk with you. Yes, thank you. Well, we have Denise next. <clears throat> hello, Denise. Um, hello, hello, Josh. Hello. Oh, I really wish you a complete recovery. Thank you. And that COVID just passes by like a wind. <laughs> I hope, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. So, Josh, the theme of balance is something that has accompanied me throughout life. And I think, Joan, very much in the way what you were uh, discovering together with Josh right now. Um, uh, I feel very much as well. And I was, I remembered while you were talking, uh, it's a song from, by Laurie Anderson, walking is like falling. And it's like this, it's like this intriguing um, relationship between what we call balance and what we call losing balance. But we could also lose unbalance mm. in a way. It's um, um, so while I was listening to you, there was this moment, I think this balance moment of an opening in me where I could uh, receive your teaching differently, but then it was gone again. <laughs> okay. Can you still, is it still retrievable or is it kind of? Yes. Yes. 
It is retrievable while I'm talking to you. Yeah. So it kind of happens through the relationship. Yeah. And even it's not personal, you know, it's something, it's like a space, I would yeah. say. Oh. So thank you. <laughs> well, I'm I'm feeling your your teaching coming the other way, Denise. You know, mm -hmm. it's not personal. It's like a space. It's like oh, I can I can feel I can feel it's coming from somewhere deep inside you. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. And we have Genève. Hello, Genève. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being with us, nice. um, especially now. And I was in the evenings, well, my evenings with you um, at your retreat three weeks ago. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really <laughs> appreciated being welcomed there and See you again. I want to um, express how much uh, I appreciate what I'm hearing from you and from Joel and through you from Flint um, about uh, each moment being different and mm. I think that the very notion that there's an answer to something Mm. it obscures one's experience of the moment. Yeah. Um, and I often wonder when somebody says, well, Buddha answered X with Y. I often wonder, well, did he answer X for Y at that moment for that person? Mm. Or did, because people often just seem to think he answered Y. And so it's always Y. Mm. Um, and um I, I was reminded of a, of a time, I live in Maine now, but I used to live in Austin, Texas. And there was a time I went to a storage facility and it was getting dark and, you know, it was unoccupied. Everybody had their keys, but I just had this general feeling of like hostility and that maybe it was a little bit dicey um, to be there by myself at night. And, um, in the, mid in the midst of this experience, it also occurred to me that people going to storage facilities kind of by definition are going through transition and that that mm. um, often doesn't bring out the, mm. the fuzziest feelings in people. But in the midst of all this, um, to, I won't go into the details, but I found myself, um, I was there's a gate that had a lock but and there's a code to enter and the code wasn't working but finally the gate got open but then the car ahead of me wouldn't move it mm. stalled so there was someone in the car and then there was um an african-american gentleman pushing the car from behind and nothing was happening he was trying to push it up a hill mm. and i was in that moment and i remember having things in my arms and, and just thinking what do i do yeah. What do I do? Yeah. 
And then I thought, you know, because I grew up outside of Boston, Massachusetts, where it snows and whenever anybody's car is stuck, whoever is there comes and helps. It's just the nature of the culture. Um, and, and everybody knows that sooner or later they'll be stuck. So, um, so I, so I sort of answered myself with that. I was like, you know what to do. So I remember just dropping whatever I was holding on the ground and, and moving up to the car bumper and, and pushing right, uh, right alongside of him, right next to him. So we were so, so close and the car started moving to my surprise. And then we were up and almost over it. And he turned directly toward me and he looked me in the eyes and he said, thank you, darling. I needed your strength. Oh. Oh. That's really touching. And it feels like to me, it was an appropriate response to that, that moment, you know? Um, and just coming back to your earlier um, insightfulness, you know, I think we can we can grasp a teaching and think, oh, that's that's it now. I've 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 heard about that incident, and this is the way to be. <coughs> and sometimes it may be, and sometimes it may not be helpful in a certain context. And I, um, you know, we can get a bit a bit, um, you know, if we think about balance and the flow, we can get a bit rigid around an idea. It's always this way and not always so. <laughs> it always changes. Something beautiful in that. Suzuki um, Roshi once said something in the morning and in the afternoon his student repeated it to him and he said, it was true when I said it this morning, but now you're saying it, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for the many teachings of today and and the way they eloquently together speak to this notion that there is flow and that being fully present in each moment with curiosity creates the possibility of an answer in that moment. And then there's the next moment, and then there's the next one. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeanette. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much, Josh. And we have the lightning round with Mary. Hi, Mary. It's good Hi, to Josh. see you. <laughs> My COVID buddy. <laughs> I thought me having COVID was no excuse to not come up. <laughs> and, um, I'll try to be brief because of the time, but um, it's all the one hand again. Um, somehow talking about the retreat, um, and you saying about people not answering questions uh, just brought forth uh, this sound of one hand that I got on the retreat and how beautiful it is that Flint didn't try and answer it. Um, 
but how much it's with me. And um, I was touched by Lisa as well. Um, yeah, very physically. Yeah, it's like so strong that the feel of wanting to raise it and bring it to you right now. Um, I think it's something about um, it's like we're in it together. Yeah. I feel so sorry I gave you COVID. <laughs> and we're in it together. We're in it together. Yeah. It's like there is no one hand. You give me so many things, Mary, <laughs> which includes everything. <laughs> the COVID is just one small thing. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, it has to include everything. It has to include everything, yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, loving friendship is, what spiritual friendship is. It includes everything. Thank you. We're now going to move to the uh, closing verses. We'll do the four practice principles together. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, it's been very beautiful to see you this evening and um, or whatever time zone you're in and I look forward to seeing you again soon thank you over to Maria thank you so much Josh and thank you so much for being here and uh, on your poop when you're so poorly <laughs> and I hope the rest of the evening involves reclining and resting <laughs> and thank you all so much for for being here and if you'd like to offer dana to josh or to any other of the teachers and at apamada please do go to the website at apamada.org and there you'll find opportunities to contribute and just put the name of the teacher in that you'd like to offer dana for so thank you all so much and if you'd like to continue to meet and share then please do stay right where you are pop yourself into gallery view and i'll join you for another 30 minutes. Thank you all so much. And thank you so much, Josh. <laughs>